0: Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for the fact that you are calling. You are constantly calling. You are reaching out to us every single day of our lives. You are there, you are real, and you are present. God, you are constantly speaking. The only question is whether or not we're listening. The only question is whether we're tuned into your voice and your voice alone, or we listen to everything else in the world. God, well, today, right now, as we look at your word, God, I pray that we would tune everything else out. We would listen to you and to you alone. God, as you are calling out to us from your word, God, I pray that we are attentive to it. God, I pray that you speak to us through your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that as I preach your word, Lord, that you would use your Holy Spirit, that he would speak to me so that I might be able to speak to your people. God, I pray that our lives are changed by this word and by your Holy Spirit. And God, that we have humble hearts. We've got uh, soft hearts right now to accept your word, God, and to let it be changed right now. So, Lord, I just pray for our hearts and for our minds, that our minds may not be distracted and that our hearts might be open and that we might be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. All right, so I've been talking about making an impact, right? And you all remember my cool little, um, my cool little background that I put together. It, you may not know this. I have uh, zero graphic arts training. Um, I did that all by myself. I'm self-taught. Uh, you, you may not be able to tell that by looking at that. Uh, Microsoft PowerPoint is an incredible uh, graphics development tool. If you ever need training on PowerPoint, just go to Brett. He, he is an expert in Microsoft PowerPoint. It's his favorite tool to use to develop things like this. So just check with him if, uh, if you ever want to learn some really cool stuff like I just showed you up here on the screen, right? So it's about making an impact. And I got to thinking about this thing, right? So um. <laughs> I remember when I was in high school. I started thinking about it when I was in high school, right? So uh, I was a band nerd, all right? I'll say that, okay? Anybody else, a band nerd in here, is willing to admit it? Yeah, amen to that. Thank you, all the people on this side of the room. None of the people on this side of the room will even admit it, but that's okay. <laughs> I know there's some band nerds over there, too, but that's okay. There's band nerd is not an appropriate term. I shouldn't say that. You're a band person, right? So, yeah. So, anyway, I was one of those band people, too. But one of the things I remember that we worked on all the time, and it drove me nuts. And I remember especially being a rookie in the marching band was the fact that you had to learn how to march. You know, you would think that walking would be something that would be pretty much second nature to you, right? Like you wouldn't have to practice walking. But apparently we spent a lot of time practicing walking. And it, I mean, it was something that just drilled in our heads. Um, I, they have changed things now. But if you were in, in the band when I was in the band, we used to have this, uh, this marching style where we actually brought our leg all the way up to the si- our foot all the way up to the side of our calf, and that's how we marched, right? Like, it's like that, right? So almost like the Golden Girls or whatever, the dance line, whatever they do now, it's almost like that, right? The whole band marched like that. Is there anybody in here that actually had to do that? Yeah, One, two, three, four, maybe people. OK, all right. so, so we had to spend a lot of time learning how to walk that way, but I will tell you this. That When we were on the field, our feet, were, because we wore white shoes so they would stand out, our feet were, were something that you noticed because, I mean, you could see it. It was very apparent how we were marching, and if you were out of step, people knew it like that. Like, you could tell it, that dude, he don't even know how to walk, he, he, cannot, he can't walk with everybody else, he's out of step. I mean, you knew it, and you stood out like a sore thumb if you were out of step with everybody else. And, uh, but it looks so cool. And what I got to thinking about is like, how obvious is it the way you walk? Like, how, how, how much does that reveal about you, the way you walk? Okay. So everybody knows, okay. So uh, everybody knows this about me that I, I've got a very, uh, angry resting face, right? So, yeah, my 20 somethings, they all agree with this. They had to tell me this. Uh, we have to call each other out on stuff. So they called me out on my resting face, right? So, they say when I'm walking around, I don't know is it just a that's that's it, right? That's a great look for a pastor, right? So that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see the angry guy over there? Yeah, that's our pastor. That's him, yeah. Yeah, see, he's full of joy, joy, joy. See him over there? Yeah. It's not intentional, y'all. Um, part of it is I'm just thinking a lot, okay? It's not that I'm looking at you angry. I'm probably just like angry with whatever thought's running through my head, or I, I've got so much on my mind that I really can't even think straight, therefore, it's just this blank look of staring off into space. You do that in school, so don't look at me and judge me like you don't do that either. So it's like this. Math class, right? And then you go, I don't know, she ain't teaching me nothing. Isn't that Right? <laughs> She ain't teaching me nothing in that class. That's why I don't know nothing in math. The whole time you're sitting there in math class like staring, counting ceiling tiles. Why does that ceiling tile have so many dots on it? The rest of them don't have that many dots. Why do they put that kind of border around the top of the wall? They should have put something else up there. The whole time, teachers just doing this and you ain't paying attention. I know how it goes. But anyway, you can tell a lot about somebody by the way that they walk, right? So you all think that the way I walk around that I'm mad all the time. That's not true, but I, it just it reveals something about you, right? So people look at that. The way you walk, if, if you see somebody walking around like this, you know that gorilla look? Anybody know the gorilla look where you drag, drag your knuckles on the ground? You know what I mean? Like, and I have very poor posture, so I'm not too far from this myself, but you know, like you go, you look at that person, you go, they're either tired are really sad, or something's wrong with them, you know, because they're just dragging, you know, they're walking slow, their head's down, their shoulders are down, and you can tell a lot about somebody by the way that they walk. What about the opposite of that? What about, what about this guy, okay? And, and this guy may be in this church, so I, I, I don't, don't be pointing fingers, okay? So, but the guy that walks around like this? You know what I'm talking about? Don't be looking around. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they got the chest all bowed out, and they're like, you know, like they just came out of the gym. It's like, yeah, I got, I got stretched, man. I'm still sore. You know, yeah, yeah. Aaron, why are you laughing so hard, man? Yeah. So anyway, so you know, you know, people like that, right? So, so that might imply that they they may be a little self focused, right? Am, am I right about that? The guy that walks, he's all, he's all bowed up all the time, and all he can think about is how far he's sticking out his pecs. You know what I mean? Like that guy. Like he may be a little self-centered, you know, and, and if you see that and you decide to date that dude, you got to know that going into it. You can just tell a little bit about something, something about that guy by the way that he walks. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. You know that I'm right. Yeah. So I got to thinking about how that re- relates to God's word. And here's what God's word says about the way that we walk. So we talk a lot about walking with God, right? And I, I want you to to think for a minute, what does that mean and what does that look like? So, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, right, everybody knows this verse. It's like, uh, be strong, be courageous. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God and I am with you. You know, we, like, like, we know that. Like, yeah, yeah, Joshua 1, 9, I like that. I like what it said, be strong, be courageous. You know, we're going into the promised land. Hey, we're going to take out some giants. It's going to be awesome. Because cause God's on our side, right? Well, we actually have to back up just a little bit in that verse to get the full context, you know? Because that's what I'm all about, right? So let's let's take a look at what it says. Let's just back up to verse 6, okay? We're just going back a couple verses, and we'll start at verse 6 and see what it says. All right, somebody want to read that for me? We could do that. Let's, do, let's mix it up. Let somebody read. Can anybody in here read? No, we're not getting Rachel. Rachel reads too much. All right. Casty, congratulations. You're my daughter. Verse six. Uh we'll just yeah, let's go through all the way through verse nine. Let's do it. That's like four verses. You got this. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Good job. You read that better than I would. So it almost sounds like there's more to it than, hey, I'm your God and I'm going to be there and you're going to be strong and you're going to be courageous, right? There's more, more to it than that almost. As a matter of fact, there's a lot to it. And he says, he. Okay, let's clarify who he is. This is God talking to Joshua. Okay, so if you're wondering, like, who's talking here, it's important to know that this is God talking. So God is talking to Joshua. Be strong, be courageous. So what does he tell him to do? He says, focus on the law, the law that Moses gave you. Focus on that. And he says, don't turn either to the right or to the left. This is a term that you will see, a phrase that you see a lot in Scripture. Don't, don't waver either to the right or to the left. What what about somebody that's drunk the way they walk? Can you tell they're drunk by the way they walk? How do they walk? They walk like this, right? I mean, it's like right and left and backwards and forwards and sometimes crawling on the ground. I mean, like, you can tell somebody has got a problem uh, with some sort of chemical by the way that they walk. And here what God is saying to Joshua is he says, Focus on the law so that you will walk in a straight path, so that you will not vary off to the left or to the right. You will just keep going on the path that I've set in front of you. If you want to know how to make an impact in in the lives of the people around you, as you walk with God, let's, let's listen to this whole verse here. It says, take the law of Moses and don't deviate from it either to the right or to the left. And he also says, think about the word of God and meditate on it day and night. You're like, man, I don't know how to, to stick to God's word and continue to do the things that God has called me to do and find God's will for my life. Well, let me ask you this. Are you thinking about God's word day and night? Are you focused on that? Is that the focus on your life? And when you're staring off into in space in math class, is it because you're, you're fixated on Joshua chapter 1? Or is it everything else in the world that you're thinking about? You know? Here, here God's telling Joshua, look, you're going you're gonna to go in and, and you're going to take this land. It's going to be yours. I promised it to you, but, but you've got a responsibility here. See, this is what we want God to do. God, look, I, I just want you to take care of stuff for me. Just, just make it happen, okay? Show me the will for my life. I'll try my best to listen to you. I'll go to church on Sundays. I'll, I'll, every once in a while, I'll go to church on Wednesday night. Just you take care of everything else. And God's like telling you the same thing he tells Joshua. He like, says, well, let's look at the way you walk. Is it to the left or to the right? There's a lot of people that get distracted very easily. We talked about being distracted in math class. You ever get distracted driving? Look at, now, everybody's like, mm nope. Uh-uh. Not with my mama in the room, I don't. Nope. Sure don't. So this, I had, okay, so... I have driven a lot in my life, okay, like a lot, all right? So I had to learn this over time. You know what I had to learn? This was one of the biggest lessons I had to learn, and that was when I look at something, don't drive toward it. You know what I mean? Like, you ever had that struggle? Like, oh, look at the Sonic, you know? It's like your car is naturally drawn to whatever you're looking at. Sierra, why are you laughing so hard? Like, like I don't know why as, as a young person, as a teenager, Maybe up until the mid-30s, you know, I was like, I was always like, I was like, oh, look at that, you know. And before I knew it, it was, that sound, you know the sound I'm talking about, wah, that sound. And you go, oh, I must be distracted driving again. I know that sound. That's the sound of a distracted driver, wah, And then if you're on the interstate, what does it sound like? Wah, 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 wah. Casey's laughing really hard. She must have spent a lot of time on that that outside. Uh, But anyway, so yeah, it's like when you're distracted, you're going all over the road. You're not, you're not focused on what you're doing. And the reason you're not focused on what you're doing is because you're not focused on what you've been told to do. You're not focused on what God has said to do. And he says, look, just get your mind and your heart fixated on me. And then you're not going to be all over the road. And we wonder sometimes, why, why is my life so out of control? Why do I not know what God wants me to do? Why are the relationships out of, out of whack for me? I don't understand, blah, 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 blah. And I would say, man, are you doing what God has told you to do? And that is get your mind and your heart fixated on what God has told you to do and his words and his instructions. So I wanted to show you a quick video. This is about some guys that, that walk in a very distinct way. It's about the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Now, some of you don't know what this is, but that's okay. Tomb of the Unknown soldiers. Soldier is where they have soldiers. It's a memorial to, to soldiers where they weren't able to find their remains or they found their remains so they didn't know who they belonged to, and, and, and they bury them in Arlington National Cemetery. And this is a memorial to them, World War II, World War I, Korean War, Vietnam War. So this is a memorial to those soldiers. And I want you to, to watch how the soldiers, how they walk As they guard the tomb of the unknown soldier. We'll put that up on the screen. It's very distinct how they walk. And how they walk is a reflection of what's on their mind and how they're focused and what they're all about, right? So they, they the the sentinels at the tomb of the unknown soldier, uh, they actually walk one foot in front of the other, just like that. And they learn to walk that way in a trench as they're training. And they go through a very long, very arduous training process where really, during their training, they don't really talk to anybody unless they're spoken to. They don't watch TV. They don't tell jokes. They just focus on their training. And they study their training material, and that's all they do. they got their, their minds completely focused on what they are doing. And that's all they focus on. And they serve for a period of one and a half years. You see them walking there. They take 21 steps in front of the tomb. As they pass in front of the tomb, it's 21 steps. 21 is the highest number of, uh, of honor in the military, a 21-gun salute you may have heard of. So this is a reflection of that 21-gun salute. So it's 21 steps. They turn, they pause towards the tomb for 21 seconds. Then they turn again, reverse their rifle on the other side, pause for another 21 seconds, and then they take 21 steps the other way. And they do this over and over and over and over and over and over again. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier has been guarded 365 days a year since 1937. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week guarded since 1937. In 2003, September 2003 Hurricane Isabel was, was pressing down on, on uh, Washington DC. 60 plus mile an hour winds and the guards were told they said you can seek shelter if you want. You can seek shelter. You don't have to be out there. You can just guard the tomb from your shelter. They did not leave their post and they continued to march. Since 1937, there's not been a break in the guarding of the tomb of the unknown soldier. They, they, the, the mat that they walk on, it, it is so regimented in how they take their steps that the mat that they walk on is actually, if you've been there, you can see there are grooves in the mat where they have walked the same steps over and over and over again. If you look at the concrete where there is no mat, you can see dirt spots, just a little line of It's not dirty, it's just where the concrete is worn down from their their feet, marching the same steps over and over and over again, the same place, repetitively. And you look at them, and you say, man, that's somebody that is focused on their job. That is somebody that cannot be deterred from what they have been called to do. My question to you is this. Is that the way that your life looks as you walk with God, as you walk in step with the Holy Spirit of God? Does it look like that or does it look like it's all over the road? Does it look like, you know, hey, I, uh, I walk on, on, on the steps I'm supposed to every once in a while, but you know what? For the most part, man, it's just getting close to the road is about all I can do. Proverbs chapter 4 says this, verse 25, it says, look straight ahead. It doesn't just say, doesn't just say walk straight ahead. He says look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Do you know where you're going to walk? It's wherever you look. Where your eyes are fixated. What you spend most of your time looking at. That's where you're going to walk. Does that resonate with you a little bit? And you think about the things that you look at, and you think about the things your eyes are fixed on most of the time, is that a reflection of how you walk? I, I learned this lesson very well when I was mountain biking with Joe Hedgepath. He told me, he warned me, as we were going down this, this, this mountain at about 120 miles an hour, he said, don't look off the path. He said, because if you do, your bike's going to go in the direction that you look. Now, I'm a strong person. Just because somebody tells me that don't mean that's going to happen to me. That may happen to every other person in the world, but it, I, can, I can take my eyes off the path for a split second to look at the trees, to look at the leaves and all that kind of stuff and observe for once in a while. Turns out I'm wrong. You fix your eyes on something other than the path that is right in front of you. I'm talking about you've got to be looking at two inches in front of your tire because if you don't, I took my eye off the tire for a split second. And and in that split second, that half a second when I almost died, I remembered what Joe had told me. He said, don't take your eyes off the path or else you'll go that direction. And I had in my mind that wasn't going to apply to me. I was wrong. And as I, as I... Went off the trail. Luckily, I was only doing about 80, 90 miles an hour at that time, so I was perfectly safe, right? So as I go off the trail and my wheels start to slide down this this mountain, it's only like 4,000 feet down to the left, you know, as I'm sliding over. And and I actually, no joke, I straddled a sapling tree as as I slid around. And I got back on the trail. You know how I got back on the trail? I thought, man, I wonder if Joe was right I wonder if I need to look at the trail. Sure enough, I looked back at the trail, and lo and behold, I was back on the trail. Um, luckily, I didn't die. I didn't wreck. That was a, a phenomenal experience going, wow, I just, I just cheated death, you know, like, like I should be in a movie or something. That was really cool. But that's what happens in our life. We get our eyes fixed on something else, and that's where you're going to go. When you get you, I mean, all you have to do is watch somebody that stops coming to church. That's all you have to do. And you see what their eyes get focused on, and it has nothing to do with God. And what does it look like? Man, they are all over the road, aren't they? They, they, were, they may have been on a path at one point in time, but all it takes is a little while to get away from God. And before you know it, man, their lives look nothing like what it did before when they were fixated on the path, when they were constantly letting the Word of God be poured into their mind and into their heart and into their soul. Psalmist says, uh, excuse me, in Proverbs it says, Look straight ahead. Sounds like we've heard this before, right? And, and, and Joshua, look straight ahead. It's not to the right, not to the left. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Then Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Most of us have heard um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And I'll read it to you. And this ties in so well with what we're talking about. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It doesn't say with just part of your heart. It says with all your heart. You know what I think the Bible means when it says all your heart? I think it means all your heart. I don't think it says... Just on Sunday mornings, just on Wednesdays for about an hour or two, fix your heart on God, it says, all your heart, all the time, fix it on the Lord and don't depend, oh, no, this is like a teenager's nightmare, isn't it? Lean not on your own understanding. I know that y'all know everything, okay? Okay. I got it. I got a daughter. She's a teenager. She told me she knows everything. I understand where you're coming from, okay? I feel you. I've been in that trap too, though, okay? Let me tell you, when you lean on your understanding, you're going to end up looking like an idiot, you know? Because when you, look at it, when you lean on your own understanding, you make your own path. Isn't that what happened? That's what I did on that bicycle trail. I, I said, I got this, man. This brain can handle this. I'm going to rely on my own abilities and what happened. Man, I was just about dead. I was halfway dead on that trail. But I know that but as teenagers, you know, you're, you're coming into your own. You're, you're, you're figuring things out. And, and you know, we, we say this a lot to our teenagers. We're going to make some mistakes. You're going to learn from those mistakes. Or, or you could just not make those mistakes and fix your eyes on Jesus. That's an option, too. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that's an option, but you really can. You can just meditate on his word, focus on his plan and his purpose and what he says, and then, believe it or not, you can actually continue on the path that he has set for you. Instead of using the excuse, well, I know my parents, they screwed up a lot when they were kids, and it looks like they're doing okay right now. You know what the reality is? There's a lot of kids that say that, and a lot of kids that go down that road, and they never come back. They never come back. They get involved in, in drugs or alcohol or something like that, and then it takes a hold of their life. And before you know it, it's nothing like what it used to be. They get involved with some guy or some girl that leads them down a path that they never intended to be on. And before you know it, man, their whole life is a wreck, and they're wondering, how did I get here? I don't know. My parents did okay. There's another way. There's another way. It says it right here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all that you do, and He will show you which path to take. I think part of the problem is verse 6. Seek His will in all you do. We don't really... It's the, and once again that, that three letter word that just kills us right there. Seek his will in all that you do. It's the A L L. Man, that's tough, isn't it? When it comes to relationships, a cute guy, a cute girl, are like, oh, I got to seek God in that? I got to seek God's will for my life in that person? I don't know if I really want to do that. I don't know if that's really what I'm into. They're really cute. They're really hot. I'd rather just talk to them. It says, in all you do. God, why are you not showing me what I'm supposed to do in my life? Why, why am I seeking your will for my life and you're not showing me? Well, the question is, verse 6, are you seeking his will in all you do? Most of the time, I'm afraid we're leaning on our own understanding. We're thinking we can figure it out on our own and The reality is God's not in every single decision that we make. God's an afterthought. God's something that we think about when we get convicted on a Wednesday night and we hear God's word because that's the only time we've heard it all week. Then we get real convicted about it and then we say, God, I'm going to get back on this path now. This can't be the only time that you think about God is in here. It can't be. Not if you're truly trying to seek his will, and you're trying to trying to figure out this path that you're supposed to be on and how you keep from being destroyed as you walk through your life as a as a teenager. And adults, this applies to you. My 20 somethings, you need you need to listen to this too, because you're in the same boat, man. This is what I see in 20 somethings. They go to college and you know, mom and daddy's not telling them to go to church anymore, so they got to choose whether they go to church or not. So a lot of them go off to another town to go to school, and then they're like, hey. I'm my own accountability partner. I'm good, you know. So then you see them getting away from church, getting away from the things they knew when, when they were going to high school, you know, and and they think, well, this is not really having an effect on who I am. The reality is at that point in your life, you're trying to make some of the biggest decisions in your life about who you're going to marry, what kind of career you're going to have, all, how many children you're going to have down the road. I mean, like you're making all these big career, life-changing decisions and at the same time, that's the, that's the point at which you're drifting away from God? How destructive is that? How destructive is that? But we'll ask the question, what happened? I don't know what happened. I don't know how I got to this place. God, you let me down. You told me to be strong and be courageous, but, man, I don't, I don't see me going into the promised land right now. I don't see me going in to, to defeat some giants. All I see is my life is in ruins, and I don't know how I got here. Well, you know what? You can't say that now. Because you heard this message tonight, because you heard what God had to say tonight, you can't say, I didn't know. You can't say, you can't get to heaven and one day, and you go, God, I married an idiot. I I, I just, I fell into a deep place of sin and drugs and alcohol, and my life was destroyed, and I... You know, I, I did all this stuff because I, I didn't know. God, you didn't tell me. Well, now you know. Now you know. The question now is, what are you going to do with it? Some of you right now are veering off the road. You're hearing the sounds, right? You're hearing that sound of the, of the edge of the road, that sound that you're very familiar with. You're hearing that now. And you've got a choice tonight as to whether or not you'll get back on the road. Whether or not you'll, you'll pull it back in line and you get your eyes fixed on where you're supposed to be going. You got that choice tonight. Some of you are so far off the road, you're in the media and you're in the grass and you don't know what's going on. And you're wondering how you got there and you're wondering what happened. You got answers. You got answers right here. You're thinking, that'll never happen to me, some of you. Some of you are going, that'll never happen to me. I'll never fall into that place, Kenny. You don't have to worry about me, man. I'm going to be here every Sunday and Wednesday. I'm going to sit in small groups, and I'm going to say something every once in a while. That's not going to be me. That's not going to be me. You know how it could so easily be you? It's when you stop doing this stuff, when you stop meditating on this word, when you stop thinking about what God has said, and you start thinking about what you want to do and what you think you know and what you think you understand. The best place that you can be in is when you say to God, God, I don't know, but you do. And maybe some of you need to say that tonight. Maybe some of you need to fall down at an altar tonight and say, God, I have no clue, but I'm going to trust you. not going to lean on what I think I know, but I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to get my mind and my eyes fixed on you and your path and what you have for my life, and I'm not going to do it my way. Some of you need to make that confession before God tonight. Some of you don't know him. Some of you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And because you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you'll never be able to find that path. That's just a reality. You don't have the Holy Spirit of God to lead you. Therefore, you're just going to flounder all over the place. But the good news is the Holy Spirit of God convicts you and calls you and draws you to the throne of grace and says, Come. Come to the altar. And God calls you for the purposes of saving you, to rescue you, to give you Life and to give it more abundantly, but it's always a choice. You've got a choice tonight as to what you say. You got a choice as whether or not you lean on your own understanding or on His. You can't act like you didn't, you weren't told, because you were. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, God, for your amazing grace that has poured out on us. Lord, I know that uh, we're challenged sometimes by Your Word, and it hurts deeply. And God, I know that it reveals some things to us that we don't necessarily like to see. But I do know that it is for our good and for your glory. So, God, I just pray that you would move in people's lives right now. That you would open up their eyes and let them see their lives for what it really is. Let them see, God, the path that they're on. Let them see what their eyes are fixed on. God, and may they repent. And may they have their minds and their eyes and their hearts drawn back to you and fixed on the path that you have set before them. God, you you have created a masterpiece in us. As we surrender our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, We are a masterpiece to you, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that you have set before us, that you have put in line before us. Now it's just a matter of walking the path. God, I pray that we'd be fixed on you tonight. For those that aren't fixed on you, God, I pray that they would be. I pray that you convicted their hearts, Lord. You've shown them exactly what they need to do and the steps they need to take. And God, it first comes with confession before you and before your throne. So, Lord, I pray. Maybe for the student here that, that's already stumbled into that path, that path of destruction. They've let their foot slip into evil. God, I pray, Lord, that you would draw them to your throne of grace right now. That you would show them, God, that they can be strong and they can be courageous, that they're not too far gone, that you love them deeply, and you want to continue to forgive them and show them your love and your grace. God, if they would just fix their eyes on you, they'd be able to see your grace clearly if they would fix your eyes, their eyes on you. So, Lord Jesus, speak now. May your Holy Spirit move in this place and you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone stand.